Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore Issue Podcast or Twitter at just the Issue Podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what up? We're back. It is the issue. It is Monday, August 24th. I am by myself here. I got Tim with me on the phone. Tim, do I got you, man? Yep, I'm here. Uh, excited to be on. All right, awesome. Uh, kind of a kind of an interesting day. I know we have some cool, uh, some good yeah. news to get to in the uh, second segment. Some NFL news. Um, yeah, just. You know, a little bit of what week one could look like for uh, kind of Miami Dolphins. Some, some interesting things um, to get to, you know. Absolutely. Get to the NFC South today. Interesting division there. Yeah. Um, just get, get, got, a, got a lot of football today. Um, a little bit of baseball. And I think you said you wanted to get to baseball. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll start us with a little football story today. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so I saw a really, really funny um, headline. Uh, so, you know, sometimes when you get to like a, like a new company or, you know, a new apartment or do anything really, you know, you, well, you try to see the good out of everything, right? You hype it up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously you're not going to get to a team and, or a team company, whatever, and say, Oh, we're going to be bad. You know, right. you know you're going to, you're going to, you're going to look for the positives. You're going to paint it in a little bit more of a positive light. But in most cases, reality is a whole lot different. And I think uh, I think Lions linebacker Reggie Ragland's going to find that out, right? So he came out and said something along the lines of, uh, we have the same qualities as, as the Chiefs Super Bowl team last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. That's, All right, right. Yeah, nailed it, man. Come on. Like, seriously, he's the, he can't really believe that, can he? Uh, I hope not. And especially because he he cites a reason too, right? He he uh he goes on to say, well, in in his reasoning, he said, uh, well, in practice, he intercepted Matt Stafford and then uh, returned it almost quote almost the length of the field for a touchdown, right? So like pick six, and then, and then his teammates dog piled him, right? Mm-hmm. So then he goes on to say, well, oh, the same thing happened last year when he intercepted Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like that is just not even. So he's going to jump from he intercepted two quarterbacks in practice, and so boom, they're ready to win a Super Bowl. Hey, man, what? That like what? <laughs> I mean, an, so, so, an equivalent. It would literally be like saying, "Oh, you know what? I just uh, I just bought this brand new car. Yeah, okay. What car did you get? Oh, I bought this brand new, uh, let's say Honda Civic. But uh, here's the thing: I think I'm ready." I, Take it to the NASCAR track. I bet we could beat some people, right? Yeah, it's just like there's just no way. Like that's just not even a thing. So it got me got me thinking, right? Um, so let's just let's just compare, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start right at the top and then and work my way down, right? So we're gonna go with ownership first. Right. Um, I think the Chiefs have always had better ownership. Um, if you just look at the players they've been able to acquire over the years and the stability, mm-hmm. um, they were able to get Joe Montana after he left. Uh, West San Francisco, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. They've just had better ownership. And then the Lions, right? 
Well, they actually went 0-16 one time with a talent like Calvin Johnson on their roster. <laughs> yeah. So clearly there's a problem there, right? Right. Let's go to let's go to GMs, right? Chiefs have Brett Veach, who's a top three young, really smart, smart GM. I mean, I'm looking at the Chiefs right now. They signed Mahomes to a record contract. They somehow found money for and then they found money extra for Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. And they got Tyreek Tyreek Hill on the low. And they've drafted really well to surround them. You got guys like Nicole Hardman, you just drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I think is going to be really good. Um, we'll get to him. We'll get to him later. But Clearly, their GM is really good. The Lions, on the other hand, have Bob Quinn, who in 21 years can't bring a Super Bowl. Can't win, can't win a Super Bowl. Brad Veach already won one. Can't win one. And he's had a carousel of coaches that, that, that led us, which, which leads us right into to coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Chiefs have Andy Reid, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't think much else needs to be said. He's a quarterback guru. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Finally ended up getting a Super Bowl, um, which is great for him. He, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The Lions have Matt Patricia, who is now nine nineteen and one, and and basically drove the line best player Darius Slay right out of right out of Detroit. Okay, so yeah, he great coach. Yeah, yeah, he's really killing it. Yeah, totally the same. Okay, so let's go to let's go to quarterback next. Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I don't, know if you guys I don't think heard a lot else needs needs said about that. Um, he's arguably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. I'm not saying he is the best because obviously he's got a long way to go before he gets some of the accolades and stats and stuff. But just talent-wise, some of the throws he's able to make, he's probably one of the most talented we've ever seen. And uh, and, um, so he's one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen, right? Yeah. In two years as a starter, he won an MVP, a Super Bowl, and he was a coin flip away from another Super Bowl experience in 2018. That's true. Okay, so remember that in two years as a starter, that's all he's accomplished, all that, right? Mm-hmm. In 10 years, because Matt Stafford was hurt in 2010. He's been in the league 11 years, but 10 years he's, he's been a starter. Matt Stafford hasn't won anything close to that. He hasn't even won a division. <laughs> it, it, it's insane. He has not even won a division title yet. I think, I think Stafford's talented. He's got a great arm, but he can't win. No. And he's north of, of uh, 32. He's almost 33. Which usually, I mean, besides you know Brady, Breeze, etc., um, of those rare breeds, that's that's usually the drop off area. That's usually that's usually the drop off area of um, of quarterbacks, especially especially in a league that's increasingly mobile. He just he can't he can't get it done as well anymore. So then we'll go to offensive line. The Lions have zero no noteworthy names up front. I, I, I don't to protect Stafford, which is probably why he he gets hurt a little bit. You know, I, I don't know anyone. Um, I I just I you know I don't know any other 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 players up front. But then you go to the Chiefs. They have Mitchell Schwartz. Well, they have a top ten line overall. And then you add Mitchell Schwartz, who's a top three lineman easily in the league. Um, he's probably the best tackle I would say. Um, I think maybe Ronnie Stanley might be a little bit better, but other than that, he's he's top three. Mm-hmm. So not a running backs. I, I love the Lions pick with DeAndre Swift, but outside of him, there's there's no one really. They cycled through him in the last decade, and then the last running back that they drafted that they had hoped for was Amir Abdullah, and he ended up being terrible, and I don't even know where he's at now. The Chiefs, they, they picked uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The depth is lacking behind them uh, as well as the with the Lions, so I think run game-wise, it's really similar. Um, I think Detroit's going to run the ball more, so t- statistically, they're going to have the slight edge there, but I really don't think that's that's too big of a deal. I think um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be bigger 
situationally and uh, and out of the backfield more. I think that's going to be where he's going to make his mark. But if you want to give that to, to Detroit, that's fine. Um, then you go to wide receivers and tight ends. We're just going to group that them together like weapons, you know, um, receivers and tight ends. Forget about it. It's not even really close. I mean, the Lions have Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, but outside that, they got no one. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're top two targets. Those are really good receivers. I think they're maybe not the top tier, but they're they're probably that second or third tier. They're really good. But the Chiefs have a top uh, a tier one guy in Tyreek Hill, who's better than Jones and Galladay, I would say. And Travis Kelsey, who's better than any other tight end in the league other than George Kittle, I think. I think it's um, ar- arguably arguably they have one of the best tight ends in the league. They have the oh, best yeah, tight end. You could definitely argue for Kelsey as number one. He's yeah. more of a scene guy. Um and who could hit you up the seam and, and go for forty on you, you know? Yeah. Um I, I would take Hill and Kelsey over Jones and Galladay any day. Oh, and and the Chiefs add Demarcus Robinson, who's a, who's always a candidate for seven hundred and fifty yards and six touchdowns as the third or fourth option if you throw Sammy Watkins in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and uh, have you seen Nicole Hardman run? I mean, he's, he's he's really, really good. He's young. He's fast. He's still the fifth target right now. He's the fifth target on that team. He mm. would be third, arguably second on the Lions. He's yeah. their fifth target, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm giving the edge to, to the Chiefs any day right there. And then you go to defense. The Lions' best players are rookie Jeff Okuda. They're banking on him to save the day from for outside the numbers. Like I, I'm all for a good lockdown corner, but he's not going to make them a, a Super Bowl team. No, I mean, come on, he'll be he'll be good, but he's not a game changer. They got no one else. They have very minimal talent, and I'm not saying the Chiefs are great, but they've got a really good pass rush with with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. They have really decent linebackers, and then you got Honey Badger on the back end sharing it up. I mean, their, their DBs are average. They're, they're a top 15, top half of the league defense. The Lions will be bottom third. Yep. Okay, so Reggie, the Lions are nothing. Nothing like the Chiefs. Ownership goes to the Chiefs. GM goes to the Chiefs. Coach goes to the Chiefs. Quarterback goes to the Chiefs. Offensive line goes to the Chiefs. Running backs, I'll give to Detroit. We'll give that one to Detroit. Just for sake, argument, we'll give them one, you know. And then and then defense is the is the Chiefs. You know, so you got you got six. Six things going the Chiefs way, one going the Lions way. They're, they're nothing like it. Oh, oh, and by the way, the Lions are in the NFC North, which is a really tough division. <clears throat> Top to bottom, they're really good. Um, even the Bears. The Bears are the worst team in uh, other than the Lions in that division. And their defense is top 10 in the league. Mm-hmm. And the, you're in the NFC, which is a much tougher conference. Uh, you got good teams everywhere. You got the uh, the Saints, the Bucks, the Vikings, the Packers, you got the the Seahawks, the Niners, all these teams that are better. Even the Eagles, I would put it better, you know? Yeah. So there, there's just no way. Um, I couldn't help myself when I saw the story. It was just hilarious. Um, there's just no way that that's, that's not even valid. <laughs> no. I mean, look, I appreciate the positivity. I'm a positive guy, always looking for the upside, but you can't make a comparison like that. Um, it's just so blatantly false and, uh, it's, it's laughable, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know what he's thinking, man. I I just, I just, I don't, I don't see it. Um, there's just so minimal similarities. Like I said, the, the only one that's even really close is the running backs. And that's just, Um, I mean, maybe maybe pass rush. I think they added Jamie Collins this year, but that's, 
I mean, that's still a long shot. And I mean, like you said about about the rushing and, and uh, the running game, they might have a, st- a statistically better running game than the Chiefs just because the Chiefs don't need to run the ball every play. Look, the Lions are going to have to bank on their run game because Stafford's not going to be able to control that offense and just totally own defenses like Patrick Mahomes can through the air. So yeah. you're going to see that lopsided there. But th- if the Chiefs wanted to and just run the ball, they have the better offensive line. They're going to be able to get a better push up front. If the Chiefs wanted to run the ball more, they would have that category they could. too. Yeah, they, they definitely could. If Quad edwards Alaire ends up being serviceable, they definitely could. Yeah. And um, if you just look at just sheer capability, the Lions, I mean, if, say the Lions were on that playoff run last year, the Chiefs were on it. They got down to the Texans 24 nothing. That game's over. Oh, it's, not, with, yeah. not with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, though. No. You know, if, or in the Super Bowl, you're down 11 in the fourth quarter. The Lions aren't coming back. No, not even close. I mean, they're not going to come back. I mean, come on, seriously. They were down to the the Titans by 10. The, the Lions aren't coming back to beat the Titans. Just look at sheer capability. Yeah. The, the Chiefs are a much better team. It's not even close. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, now we're going to shift gears a little bit, um, getting from the NFL to the MLB. Um, I saw this that uh, MLB posted on Instagram. Go check it out. Uh, obviously, once you're done looking at our page, because I know you guys are just constantly just refreshing, waiting for that next update from the issue. <laughs> but, Actually, uh, while we're talking about social media, go check out the Twitter. Um, working on getting a little more active on, uh, on Twitter, just giving you guys our thoughts and such. So go check out the Twitter at uh, the issue podcast. Yep. And there's no underscores or anything in that. It's just at the issue podcast. Um, it's on Twitter just to, just to make sure everyone knows. No. Yeah. We're definitely going to be to get confused with Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Definitely going to be posting a lot more on there. Um, and just updating you guys on the world of sports. Um, so back to this MLB story. Um, they posted the, the top 10, uh, power ranking, uh, just ranking the top ten teams currently in in the league. And I'm uh, pull it up now here, so I know what you're referencing. Okay, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Go, go ahead, give your thoughts. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's a good list. Um, I agree with most of it. I think the Padres should be higher. They have the Padres at ten. Um, I would argue uh, with Tatis. You know. Hitting like he is, Dude, everyone hitting. I mean, what grand slam in like five, five or six straight games for us for yeah. a bit there. Yeah, uh, they've been absolutely on fire. And then I'll, I'd also put the White Sox a little higher. They have the White Sox at nine. I, I'd probably put them up um, just just a, I, a tick or two higher than that. Yeah, I would think I would put the White Sox above actually the Cubs. I mean, you saw what they did to the Cubs. They were killing the ball. Yeah. So I just want to run down team by team here. At number one, they have the Dodgers. Um, I don't think anybody's really going to argue that. Uh, you have Betts. You have a pitcher like Joe Kelly. Um, uh, you got Walker Bueller. Yeah, you got you, you got, got Bellinger, Bellinger and Seager. So you Corey just have, Seager's hitting the crap out of the ball. Justin Turner. Yeah, this team, the Dodgers team, is just so good. And I don't, I don't have a problem with them being at one. So deep too. You look at their highlights and you see guys like Will Beatty like hitting home runs. Like, come on, like they're a really deep team. Like Kike Hernandez at any moment could pop off for two home runs and, and six RBIs in a game. Yeah. And they got like four or five guys that could do that on any given night, other than their big stars. Right. 
Um, and then you have at number two, the Oakland Athletics uh, sitting there at number two. Uh, you got people there. You got Sean Murphy. You got Matt Olson. You got uh, Tony Kemp. You got such a good Steven team. Steven Piscotti. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Matt Chapman. Right. They're, just, they're, they're a good team. I, I worry what they're pitching a little bit, but I think they're doing well. Yeah, I, I, that's the one. I would put the Athletics maybe I, – I definitely think they're a top five team. I don't think they're a, uh, a number two team just yet. Uh, I think we need to see more, and like you said, with the pitching is kind of kind of the biggest worry for them. But a team that I think should be second falls in third here. Uh, that's the Minnesota Twins. Uh, they're first in the AL Central. Uh, Nelson Cruz and Miguel Sano just hitting the crap out of the ball right now. Um, I mean, just a solid team all the way around. The Twins. I've everybody that listens to this show knows that I like the Twins a lot. Um, especially with their young talent and just how consistent their young talent uh, has been, as like just so far. Yeah, and then and then you had guys like um like Josh Donaldson in that mix had a nice veteran bat to the lineup. Right, and one thing that I like when I'm looking at these teams is the Twins for the past two years have been ranked number one in their um, farm system and the players and the pipeline that they're bringing up. Uh, the Twins they're doing great work there in uh, Minneapolis. Um, going down to four here, uh, the Yankees, no surprise there. You got a guy like Aaron judge. You got people there like Luke Voigt, uh, Clint Frazier, DJ LeMahieu, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole throwing the ball. Cy Young candidate for an, I think about four or five and oh now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- this team is just lights out. It's, they're fun to watch, uh, offensively and defensively. It's just, it's just a fun team to watch if they're on the, if they're on TV, it's going to be them every time that I'm turning on. I don't know about you, but I like to see, uh, you know, Aaron judge, uh, hit the ball 480 feet. And, uh, yeah, no, they're a really good team. Luke Voigt is a beast. Yeah. I mentioned him. He's hitting above 300 right now. Um, With what, like I think nine home runs right now. He's killing it. Yeah. Eight or nine home runs. Um, yeah. Yankees. I mean, they just, they just never cease to amaze. Um, and then we're going to move down here to the five spot. You got the Rays. Uh, Brandon Lowe hitting 313 for them. MVP uh, candidate that no one really expected. Right. He he did pop. Like, he he's having a yeah, great a, season. We always talk about pop players, and we'll get to him with we get to our NFL um, divisional prediction. We always talk about pop players for the division. How about a pop player in the MLB for uh, MVP? Yeah. I mean, th- hitting 313, and he's been in the lineup just consistently so the numbers yeah, aren't skewed he's got nine nine home runs i mean he's that's that's in the top five i think um mm-hmm. yeah so if you can hit for average and power like that that's really good yeah the rays love to love to see that um and then moving down and we're going to see the cubs now uh just you know these guys been around for a while ian happ uh kyle schwarber and then you have a pitcher like you Darvish, who is five and one with a one point seven ERA. Oh, he's just looking dominant. Oh, he has just he's dominated offenses all year. All year. His stuff is just gross. He's getting back to that form when he started in Texas. He's really getting back to that. Yeah. Like I said, five and one and a one point seven ERA. Um he's just Cubs love to love to have that arm in, in the uh in the lineup, you know. Uh and then we're going to move down, get to the Indians. Um, you know, Framil Reyes hitting two ninety three. Um, yeah, he's been a nice surprise. He actually was starting in San Diego his career. So right, um, 
that's another good team there, just chugging along at this point in the season. And yeah, uh, they just got a lot of veterans. Like you got Lindor consistent, and Carlos Santana's consistent, Framo Reyes has been consistent. And the one thing that I really like about this team. Uh, Shane Bieber. That's the one thing I really like about this team. Oh, Shane yeah. freaking Bieber. He's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, just from just watching this team standpoint and and seeing what they can do uh, night in and night out, it's just they don't drop the easy games. I, I think you see it a lot around the MLB where, you know, you'll have a series against a team that you should just sweep. And, uh, yeah, like they played the Pirates and I, they did sweep them. Yeah. And they just let them hang around. Um, so. That's not the case with the Indians. The Indians are winning the games they should win, and they're even going out and getting some of those 50-50 games too. So um, a great organization and, and great coaching in uh, in Cleveland. But yeah. uh, we're going to move down again to the Braves, who they have at, uh, what is that, eight uh, on the list? Yep, eight on the list, the Braves. Um, five players hitting over 300 right now. <laughs> yeah, just a buzzsaw. Yeah, you I mean, got I, Tyler Flowers, Nick Markakis, Freddie Freeman, William Contreras, and Dansby Swanson. I mean, come on, you know? Yeah, they're looking really, really good. And um, Marcelo Zuni, you get a guy like that who could just, just oh, clobber the ball. Yep. And we're not even talking about Acuna, who getting off to a bit of a slow start, but he's a beast. Yeah. Um. Braves, I at the next power ranking, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the top five, um, just with how explosive their offense has been, has been this year. Um, and then we're going to move down to number nine. That's the White Sox uh, with guys like Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, um, and James McCann. Oh, they're looking really good. I mean, you just talked about them the other day. I did, yeah. Luis Robert, um, Eloy Jimenez is like I think he has. Um, 10 or 11 home runs. I mean, he, they're, they're all just killing the ball. Jose Brady's got 11 home runs. I mean, yep. they just hit. Yohan Moncada, I was talking about him. He's one of the top younger guys in the league, and he's only hitting 270. They can get him going, and no more Mazzara and Edwin, though. They could easily be a top five team. Right. And um, now on this on this 10th team, like we said, the Padres. So <clears throat> yeah. for all these teams here, I have a list written out in front of me, um, you know, and just some talking points on them, different players' names, different averages. And uh, next to the Padres, I have one name written down with three exclamation <laughs> points under it, and it's underlined four times, and that is Tatis Jr. Um, yeah, he's uh... <laughs> just just a rising star right now. And I think he's going to – with how consistent he's been this season, um, I mean, people didn't like uh, – I mean, the Rangers – didn't like his uh, his grand slam there, but I think the rest of America loved it. Uh, Trevor Bauer, like we talked about on the last, uh, on, I think it was on Saturday's episode, right? Or it might have been might have been Wednesday, but we were talking about uh, just how Trevor Bauer tweeted and added how the players were rallying around, and just piece. just said that the only thing he did wrong was apologize. Um, Can you hear more? This guy is just taking names right now and uh, putting the rest of the league on notice. Uh, Tatis Jr. is looking hot um, ending August here. It is just – Yeah, he's just looking really, really good. And then you get, you add guys like 
when Trent Grisham went for 300 on the other day, Eric Hosmer, veteran guy, uh, Manny Machado, veteran guy. They just have a lot of guys, a lot of areas they can hit from. They just got a lot of dudes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's the top ten. I, I wouldn't change much about it except, you know, maybe swapping the Twins and the Athletics, putting the Twins at two, Athletics at three. Um, or maybe even bumping the Yankees above the A's. So if we, if I was to reorder this, I'd probably put the Dodgers, Twins, Yankees, Athletics, Rays, White Sox, Cubs, Indians, Braves, Padres. I think that's fair. What do you think? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So – that just about wraps up this first segment for us. Um, we're going to be getting to a break, but when we get out of it, you're going to be getting the news and the NFC South predictions, and that's going to be a good one, a division to watch here with Brady now in the NFC South and Gronk. So uh, make sure you stick around for that. You're not going to want to miss it. What up? We're back. It is segment two of the issue today. It is Monday, August 24th. Um, Tim, you back with us, man? Yes, sir. We're back. Ready to go. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, you know, today, good day. Uh, good weather here in Pittsburgh. Been able to get outside and, uh, work on the, work on the chip game a little bit with golf. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Got to be able to, uh, beat you on the links when we get back out there. So. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm in, I'm in the outing Wednesday, so pretty, pretty excited for that. Hopefully that chip game follows me absolutely um, you know you know you gotta drive for show putt for dough so yeah get that need get to, that there i hope for the short game follows me yeah i need to uh need to lose some of those three putts i think that would help take a couple of strokes off but uh and that's three putts for me brother no <laughs> very rarely All just right. that good all right. Well, with that, we're going to get into the news. Um, yeah. I have a story here. I'll start us off. Uh, the Miami Dolphins put out today allowing 13,000 fans on week one. Uh, I love it. Love it. That's exciting. That's really, really exciting. You know, it's just, it's just that little bit more normalcy that we're slowly starting to get back to, and I'm just craving it, man. I'm not liking this whole social distancing thing anymore. I'm kind of over it. But uh, obviously, staying safe, staying safe for sure. But it's just great to know that there's going to be fans back, you know? Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be weird, though, because I, I don't know how the NFL is going to treat this because um, of what if that gives someone else a, you know, a competitive advantage? Um, right. Like a more home field type type of feel. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's weird. It says right here um, – Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott isn't happy with the NFL allowing some teams to have fans while others must play in empty stadiums. He calls it ridiculous to have uh, an inconsistent fan policy. I, I'm excited to have fans, and I'm down to have fans wherever, but I can't help but agree with him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you are going to get that a little bit of, a, of an advantage. 13,000 fans, not too many, though. Um, yeah, it's not bad, and I think if the other places pump in noise, I think you get which I think they should uh-huh. pump in crowd noise. Um, I think then the, the imbalance will be a little bit more. Yeah, just to balance. Come, <laughs> just just to even the playing field a little bit more. Uh, maybe maybe amp up that noise a little bit to the uh, next octave. But uh, yeah, yeah, you got nice some word there, octave. Yeah, yeah, I pulled it right out of the get good old yeah, no, I, got, book. I got some more uh, some more news stories here. 
you check it out. Um, the Ohio State Athletics um, already lost 130 million in revenue, which is crazy because that's already you know. Yeah. Um, NBA news: The Sixers fired Brett Brown. I don't know if any of you guys uh, like NBA. We don't talk too much of it here, but um, it's kind of big news out of the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, just some more news: the the NCAA, the eight people was released with teams that aren't playing, or with teams like that are playing without the teams that aren't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys can go check that. I'm not going to read all like 76 teams on there. Um, but yeah, you, you can go check it out. Um, but that, that, that's all really in sports right now. There's not, not too much going on. Yeah. But with that, we're going to get to our favorite segment. And uh, we're running out. This is We have one more after today, one more Monday with uh, divisional predictions. And today we're going to cover the NFC South. Um, so, you know, get ready. Turn up the volume and uh, pay attention because here we go. We have at the bottom of the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers at 6 and 10. Yeah, I just um... – I mean, which is pretty decent for for a fourth place team. That's not terrible. Um, I mean, look, this team's going to be scrappy and competitive, but I think the talent is just not there um, around Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I think the receivers are average. I think DJ Moore, if he takes a step forward, um, can be can be pretty good. But other than that, they just don't really have a lot of options for for Teddy Bridgewater to throw to. Mm-hmm. And and Bridgewater's he's good, but he's limited. He's efficient, but he's he's just he's a limited quarterback. Yep. Um, not incredibly mobile and doesn't have a really strong arm. Um, and the defense is just lackluster. They won't be able to really stop anyone. And in this division, that's going to be a problem. You got Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. Um, they're going to have to win shootouts against those guys, and I just don't foresee that really happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think six and ten is fair for the Panthers. Uh, McCaffrey will be able to carry this team a little bit, but like you said, for a uh, to finish anything, you know, above the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Saints, they're going to have to. It's just yeah, they're it, they're it's really going to take a stretch. I think they could in in late season. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they you know ruin some playoff chances and stuff like that. Play a little spoiler, but I just I think that's probably the the max potential for this team. Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, uh, number three, the Falcons at seven and nine. Um, I mean. That's fair. Uh, Matt Ryan, great quarterback, just consistent, uh, consistently, you know, average. Um, I think he's very underrated, but uh, he just, he's a top 12 quarterback. I think 12 is a cutoff where it gets to, you know, anything below 12 is is tough to win with. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's a top 10 quarterback, though. Um, I think he's very underrated. I I think he's a really good offense. Um, Julio. And Matt Ryan also obviously been playing together a long time, and they, uh, they're they good together. I think Calvin Ridley, if he can take a step forward, they're going to be really good. And if Gurley can return to his form. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of ifs, I think, um, to crown them, you know, second place or, or even first place. I just – I don't see a beat in the Saints and Bucks, like not even once. Um, they just have a brutal schedule. I don't see them beating either of those teams, and I see them splitting with the Panthers maybe. Mm-hmm. Um so if you go one and five, two and four in the division, you're just not really going to be too good of a team. They just don't get a lot of breaks in their schedule. And their defense just really can't keep them in some of those those tough games that, that generally defenses would need to. Right. Um, 
I agree with you there. Seven and nine uh, Falcons in third place. But moving up in second, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can um, see us getting some heat for uh, for the the uh, arrangement of these of these teams here at the top. Yeah, um, we took a lot of heat on our uh, on our AFC North, and we're going to read those after uh, we finish up these. Uh, these teams here, but Tom Brady leading the Buccaneers. We have them finishing second at eleven and five. Um, um yeah, I just I, I love I love the Bucks, like where they're going, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them to see them win the whole Super Bowl or at least go pretty far. Um, I just think they have limitations that I need to see work out um, this season. They're the back end of their defense is just really not great. You really can't stop anyone. I think they were like the bottom three last year um, in the league. And in division with Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, that, that's going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Without a preseason, uh, I can't, you know, crown Tristan Wurst to savior at tackle. I think they have issues and holes. And uh, I think the offense is going to be good. And I love their front seven on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the back end is just weak, and I need to see Wurst performing before I say that they're going to be this, this perfect team. But with just the talent, the, the talent that they're returning is, is really pretty much the same. You had Gronk, which is going to be obviously really good. The talent's pretty much the same, but then you add Brady's experience and efficiency. Um, they should win at least 10 games. I don't think that'd be a struggle. Um, like 11 and five is almost like the floor. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go or 11 and five. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go 12 and four, um, but we'll see. Yep. Definitely agree there. Um, and we're going to move in to our, Division champion, uh, predicted division champion, uh, the New Orleans Saints, led by Drew Brees, um, t- at twelve and four. Saints are a great team and a great uh, quarterback in Drew Brees. Um, yeah, I, I think people give them a lot of heat just because they can't perform in the in the playoffs. Which I'm not grading playoffs here. I'm grading the regular season. Right. Um, I think the only thing working against them really is they they do a brutal back end of the schedule. I mean, look at their nine their final nine games. Mm-hmm. So over half the season is tough. So um, you get, you got Brady and the Bucks, you got the Niners, Falcons, Broncos at Denver, high altitude. That 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 might be a problem, um, especially for a team that plays in a dome. Mm-hmm. And it's later in the year. Denver can get a little chilly. Yep. Um, and then the Falcons again. Who Falcons twice? Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they if they win one. Um, like I said, I do have them losing both, but I mean, it's still two tough games. Um, and at the end, dude, it's terrible. It's terrible. The Eagles, Chiefs, Vikings, and then they finish out a, a scrappy Panther team. And this is where I think that the Panthers could could play spoiler here. And possibly, um, I think they're possibly yeah, it give is possible. the Bucks the edge. Honestly, if the if the Panthers yeah, can pull that at the I end. Just, Especially, especially with the games you see in front of the, the Panthers, the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. Those, are, I mean, if the if the uh, the Saints can go one and two in those games, that's a win. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. if they can win one of those three games, that's good because yeah. the front end of their schedule is pretty winnable. Um, but that that's a brutal back end. But I am banking on Drew Brees and company to pull through, and I think they will. On um, their defense, just gets better by the year. Marshawn Lattimore, top ten DB, very underrated, I think. I think Cam Jordan, the top five pass rusher, and then the rest they fill with some pretty nice depth. Just a well-rounded and talented team. Yeah, I would agree with that. So to run through them, uh, winning the division, we have the Saints, twelve and four. 
Uh, and then the Buccaneers, 11 and 5, the Falcons, 7 and 9, and coming in last, the Panthers at 6 and 10. Um, fair predictions. If we take heat for them, we're sorry. Look, to the trolls on Instagram, listen to our podcast and our reasoning before you're just going to go on Instagram and comment some of this stuff. All right. We have reasons. All right. We're not just putting this out here just to, you know, see how many people we can trigger. Um, but, you know, we will respond to some comments coming up later. But first, I want to get to some of the top players in the division. And I'll start it off. Overall MVP of the division, I'm putting Drew Brees, and I'm capitalizing his name. He's been incredibly, incredibly efficient, consistent, and just an absolute star um, in New Orleans. You're saying that's um, your MVP pick? That is my overall MVP of the division, yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Tom Brady. Okay. And here's why. I think valuable is the key word in this MVP, the most valuable player. Mm-hmm. Look, it's mostly the same team that they're returning. And what, last year they went, I think, what, 7-9, 8-8 eight eight with Jameis Winston? Mm-hmm. And with mostly the same team, I think Tom Brady's going to lead them to 11-5, and 12-4, and, and that is where the valuable part kicks in. Okay. He is going to be the reason that this team adds three or four wins. Um, he's just really, really efficient, and his experience is going to be incredibly helpful for this team. I think him and Bruce Arians are going to really click, and it's going to be uh, a pretty harmonious relationship. I think they're going to win a lot of games because of it. Okay. Uh, I didn't put him as my overall MVP, but I respect it, and that's why he is my offensive MVP. Uh, Tom Brady is my offensive MVP of the division. Who's yours? I'm going to go with Julio Jones. Okay. Um, I think if you take Julio out of that offense, they're significantly less explosive. Um, and that would put Calvin Ridley as the number one target. He's just not a number one. No, but it's a good and, number uh, two. Yeah, no, he's a good number two. But you see, guys, if the number one's not there, the number two, it's not just easily an easily filled void. You know, when, when A.B. left. I was just about to say, example. Juju, Juju, Juju struggled. You know, I think he'll be better this year. But he struggled. I mean, that's not it's not crazy to say. Um so not only does it affect just not having that weapon there, but it would affect the other person down the line as well. So I think Julio, from a valuable perspective, he's going to put up the stats. He's going to be incredibly valuable to that Falcons team. And he'll be the reason if they do end up making a run, um, he'll be he'll be a huge reason for it. So he's my offensive MVP. Totally agree. Um, so defensively now, we're going to look at the defensive MVP. Um, Cam Jordan is going to be mine. I know you talked about him being a top five pass rusher just a few minutes ago. And, uh, I mean, just big and quick Fast. and lots of tackles for loss. Um, just, just like a, just, he just looks scary. You've yeah. seen him. He just looks, he's just a mean, ruthless pass rusher. Wa- actually a really nice dude off the field. Hilarious. Yeah. Wa- but just on the field, he's a different animal. Watching him play, it's like matching a semi truck up against a Prius and saying go. Um, yeah. But so, a semi truck that can move and maneuver like a Prius, you know? <laughs> right. Right. That's the scary part. Who's your defensive MVP? I'm going to go with a little bit of a sleeper pick here. Um, Devin White, the, the linebacker for the Bucks. He's going into his second year. Um, he could just fly. Yeah, he's quick. Uh, he's at LSU. Um, he could just run. He's fast. He's he's a he's a sideline to sideline guy who can also um, hit with the best of them. He can he can 
really pop some people, uh, real physical, but he's also so super fast, which is, I think is where the league's heading linebacker wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really wouldn't be surprised if you look up and he's top five in the league at tackles, adds an interception or a fumble recovery or two. And, uh, it's just an overall leader for that defense at a really young age. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree there. Uh, definitely, definitely a player to watch. Um, who you got for your rookie? Top rookie in the division. I'm going to get Tristan Wirfs. Um, I know I banged on him a little bit just because I just don't know what I'm going to get yet. Um, that's the reason I was a little hard on him when I was talking about the Bucks earlier. But uh, I think he can work. He's big. He's fast. He's quick. Um, I think I think it'll be. I think it'll work, and I think he's going to be really good tackle. Yeah, uh, I have Cesar Ruiz going to be. I think a big part of that Saints offensive line. Um, he, he's a fit. He fits the, the mold for the saints. You know, you can only do so much, um, on that offensive line because, uh, the one drawback to Drew Brees is his height, um, and throwing over that line and seeing over that line. He fits. Um, and I think yeah, he's not a really big, he doesn't seem like he's a tall guy. I don't know his demographic off the top of my head here, but, uh, it's weird how that's funny that you mentioned that. I I never really even thought about how the fact that you can't even if the best offensive lineman available is well, Caesar Ruiz is six three, but even if the best offensive lineman available is six six, you really can't do that with Drew Brees. Right, you have to have somebody that fits that system. That's the only drawback uh, to Drew Brees, really, uh, that and his age, but just his just his height. Um, you're going to need to draft. Um, and find and go out and find those guys that are going to be able to scheme fit and and just fit in that that organization. And I think Ruiz fits in perfectly in New Orleans on that offense. I agree. Line. He can he can run block too. And if you can get Camara going, right? That that's, scary. that's another big piece. Um, so that's why he's my top rookie. Um, we're gonna get into the pop players now. I got DJ Moore. Um, I think he's gonna do. Some tremendous things this year. I think he's going to help lead the team. And uh, yeah, I think with Teddy Bridgewater, he needs a he needs a target. Yeah. I think uh, DJ Moore's probably going to step up. I I couldn't agree more with you. Um, he's he was probably my second Paul player in line, but I think it's going to be Calvin Ridley. Okay, so you're taking Calvin uh, Ridley. Yeah, yeah, he's super fast, and I think if he can complement Julio, mm-hmm. um, that team gets even more scary um, on offense. Yeah. Especially if Gurley can run the football, um, I just I, I like Calvin Ridley a lot. Yep. All right, so that is it. Um, those are our top player of the division, our overall MVP, offensive MVP, defensive, the rookie, and our pop player. Uh, we'll try to do something. Uh, maybe even just put out a tweet with them. Uh, you know, and uh, try to get it out to the listeners just so they have that list uh, to look at if they want to. Um, but now we're going to, I want to read some of these comments on, uh, on our Instagram from the AFC North predictions that we did last week. Uh, we took some heat and I want to respond to them, uh, you know, give them a chance to come on the show and just listen and, and hear what our uh, response is to some of their comments. First one I want to get to, uh, posted by a guy, um, under the, under the uh, Instagram handle NFL underscore gang underscore 31. He said the Steelers getting hella disrespected. Um, I think we're, they're being hella 
realism. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I just think it's more realistic. I mean, look, Ben's aging. We have no idea. I've never seen a quarterback come off Tommy John surgery. You know, there's just so much ifs. Yeah, Not like Juju, but last year he didn't prove to be a number one target. I, I love him. I think he's a great kid. I think he's going to be a good player, but he didn't prove that he's a number one last year. I can't put my faith in him. I, I think Deontay Johnson's good, but they're just very limited. Vance McDonald, if that's your answer, a tight end, that's not a good answer. Um, running back-wise, I, I like James Conner, but he won't stay healthy. Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels and company decent backups, but not great. Um, and their defense is obviously loaded. Loaded. But seriously, like, let's think about it. I, I love the defense. I hope they do really well. But would anyone really be surprised if they kind of pooped the bed? It would be very... I, feel like, I feel like Steelers defenses do tend to do that. I mean, it would be very Pittsburghish if they did. Um, I just, I think it's realistic. There's just too many ifs for me to sit here and say, "Oh, yep, they're a 12 and four playoff team." Yeah, uh, I think ten and ten and six is the ceiling. Uh, yeah, and I do think even if they do have it kind of uh, and struggle to get into the playoffs, if they do hit that wild card mark and get into the playoffs, which I think they will, um, I, I could see them going far. And, and making a playoff run kind of almost like Tennessee did uh, last year. Um, I can see the Steelers doing it, but in the regular season, like you said, just so unproven on offense. Yeah, they have a great defense. They're going to be able to hold teams you know, pretty low on, on the score sheet. But here's the thing. If you can't score points yourself, if you can stop them, great. But if you can't go out and get points, you're not going to win any, like many games, you know? Couldn't agree more. And uh, like I said, if Ben's better than Duck Hodges and company, then yes, the offense will be better. But I just, I don't know. I just can't. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I can't put him at, at the top of this division. There's just too many good teams. Yeah. Uh, and then I just want to respond to this guy real quick. Um handle is A-U-F-F-R-E-Y-513, uh, Offrey 513. And you know, not too much on the uh, technical side here in football, but he just said, was about to give you guys a follow, and then saw these horrible predictions, LMAO. Well, uh, you know That's, what? Here's the thing, just man. Just keep scrolling and act like you never saw it, man. We really don't care. Yeah, or <laughs> you know what? Give us a second chance. Hop back on. Yeah, I mean, I'm always Still. for second chances, but I'm not going to sit here and, and plead for your offering. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, mean, if you listen to it, how about, how about this offer? You go ahead and you check out the podcast where we explain it. And if you still don't like it, then, then don't give us a follow. Yeah. Or uh, follow us for another reason for your MLB news or NHL or whatever that may be. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're not going to sit here and, uh, and uh, you know, cry that, that you didn't follow us. So, uh, you know, that just about does, uh, does it for the divisional uh, predictions for this week. NFC South was covered, and we responded to some of the haters on Instagram, and there are a lot of them, especially from last week. But, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. And if we're right, then you can expect us to uh, tag you in about, you know, 30 different things just proving how right we are. Uh, and yeah. we will be uh, – we will be salty like that, but um, no, yeah, that just about does it. Tim, you got anything else for us today? Nope. Thank you guys for uh, for tuning in to watch. 
been getting a lot of a lot of good listens and support from you guys so thank you and yes. uh just keep on listening our listening and following has been growing on instagram twitter and uh you know just just people streaming it downloading it so make sure you're going our link is in the bio for apple podcasts of our instagram and spotify is in the is the link in the bio for our twitter uh, but you can find us anywhere by searching the issue uh, make sure you're looking at our Instagram. That is at the underscore issue podcast. And then we have our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. So make sure you guys are staying up to date. Um, and we are back on our Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule, like normal posting. So uh, yeah. yeah, guys, thanks for listening to today. See you guys episode. on uh, see you guys Wednesday. Yep. See you on Wednesday. That was the issue.